Kia ora and welcome to the Stronger Dads Collective podcast, where we aim to help dads be stronger versions of themselves as fathers, people, and in their athletic pursuits. I'm your host, Hayden Pritchard, and you can find me at hjp underscore stronger dads on Instagram, and you can learn more about me and my coaching services at hjpmethod.co.nz. Before you finish listening today, be sure to rate and subscribe on the platform you're listening to. Right, let's get into today's episode. Kia ora and welcome to episode 40 of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. Today I have a solo episode for you, uh, just me and the mic, obviously that's what a solo episode means, um, but essentially I want to cover just a couple of things today. So, so the two main ones really are kind of how you can use your um, environment or I guess set yourself up for excess, success Sorry, um, using things that are in your environment or using people that are in your environment and kind of um, using those aspects to... I guess give you a better chance of achieving the outcomes that you want to achieve in your health um, and fitness goals. Um, and the other thing that I want to talk about is um, my mile training, how the training for the sub six minute mile is going. Um, and we'll probably get into that first and then get into the environmental piece. But before we get into anything, I think as a New Zealander this week, there was one big thing that happened uh, and that was the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup. And I don't actually think that I have watched a better game of rugby than that. Um, it was sort of edge of your seat stuff almost the entire game. Um, there were twists and turns and it looked like it might go one way than the other. And then for the last sort of, I don't know, it felt like a very, very long time, but it must have only been about, you know, three to five minutes. The Irish, um, for those of you who don't follow rugby, the Irish were playing the All Blacks. The Irish are the number one or were the number one ranked rugby team in the world. Um, and the All Blacks have not been playing particularly well or you know, have had have had a few rough games that say over the last few years. Um, so it was kind of Ireland winning as a favourites, which is probably the first time that's almost happened. Um, and rugby, I would say, generally the All Blacks go in as the favourites against the Irish. But for this one, the Irish went in um, as the favourites and we had a lot of work to do. I have to say I wasn't super confident um, of that game, but man, it was a fantastic game of footy and the way that the All Blacks actually played and just, I don't know, you could just see there was something different about them this week as opposed to other weeks and you know they just put themselves on the line there was dedication it was just really clear that they really wanted that game um and so as an All Blacks fan it was uh pretty good I must say felt pretty good when that final whistle went um and the All Blacks had taken that one after defending I think it was about 30 to 40 odd phases um of Irish attack uh hard against the line in that quarter final so the All Blacks go on to play Argentina this weekend um which if you're listening to this on the Friday, that's tomorrow. Um, the Friday is the first day this will come out. Um, and if you're not, you'll probably already know the outcome of that game. But um, I'm hoping that the All Blacks can get into that final and then who knows what could happen if they play like they played against the Irish this last week. Um, yeah, I mean, it could could go anyway, couldn't it? Um, but I, yeah, I think they're in with a shot now. Whereas if you asked me that two weeks ago, if I was going to be honest, I would have thought that we might not have even been in the competition by now and it could have easily gone that way. So great game of rugby um, but the reason I brought that up really um, was because there's this clip and if you follow me on Instagram I suggest going and have a bit of a look look for the one with the guy in a green jersey if you don't follow rugby if you do follow rugby look for uh, Johnny Sexton and after the game obviously the Irish have just lost and Johnny Sexton's walking with his son beside him and um, you can just see the heartbreak in, in Johnny Sexton's eyes I mean the guy has just um, you know, lost 
what was probably the best chance the Irish have ever had at going for the World Cup title. It's his last game. Um, he's not going to play for them again. You know, he's not going to have another World Cup, and that was sort of the last shot he had. And so he's absolutely devastated at that time. And you see his son just look up to him and say, you're still the best dad. And there was just something about that moment. And when it was caught on that camera, I was just like, man, all, all the feels that you must be having, all the feelings um, at that moment about how, you know, how gutted you are about that game of rugby. But there'd be something about, you know, your son looking up and telling you that that would kind of, in a way, I think, bring back a little bit of what is the really um, important stuff in life, which, you know, um, sport is awesome. And obviously this podcast has a big emphasis on sport and how to be, you know, healthier, fitter, all those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's people that are important and especially people that we're close to, you know, like like your kids for in this instance. And as a dad, just seeing seeing that son look up and say that, you know, saying basically the exact right thing um, in that moment to his father. And, you know, I haven't seen anything come out from what Johnny Sexton sort of said about that or anything, but um, just that moment captured on film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it on my Instagram. Um, yeah, just, you know, little little kid who just absolutely loves and adores his dad looks up and says, you're still the best dad um, as he's going through, you know, probably one of the hardest or, you know, most sad events um, as a rugby player losing that game. So, yeah, um, well, well worth checking out. Um, whether you're a rugby fan or not, or if you just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that if you're a dad listening to this, you will be able to identify um, with how that might affect you. And you know, it made me made me pretty emotional. I was like, oh man, that's pretty that's pretty cool. And I just had to share that. So go have a look at that um, if you have a chance. Um, definitely worth checking out. Really cool clip. Um, and again, an awesome game of rugby. And go the All Blacks this weekend. Now, the second thing I kind of wanted to give a bit of an update around, because it's been a while, was how my training has been going. So one of the sort of hybrid goals that I'd lined up, I'd called the 161, which was a 161 kilo front squat um, alongside a one mile or 1.61 kilometer run in under six minutes. So initially I thought the sub six mile would be all right. Um, and I have to say the training over the last, I don't know what it's been, probably um, month or so, um, <laughs> just having a look back here through when I did that first session, that was mile specific. So it was after the half marathon um, or a couple weeks after the half marathon. Yep, there we are, the 13th, um, 13th of September it was. So it's been about a month of training or just over a month. And that initial, um, that initial block of training oh that initial one was a a pretty rough session it was an 800 plus a 700 um and then a 600 500 400 and i think at about a minute rest between each of those and then five minutes between sets or something like that um and then basically i've done different sort of variations of of workouts i've done a um, six by 400 with two 200s to finish um five by 800s at mile pace um and then last week, the one that nearly broke me um, was a two by 1200 meter plus 400 meter plus 400 meter. And that one, man, that one was so, so hard. Um, I had a minute between each of those. And I think that's the thing that's really got me because these last two workouts, so the earlier workouts I sort of had, you know, uh, depending on the length of the interval between two and sort of three minutes rest um, between, you know, sort of those 400 to 800 type sections. But these last two weeks, I've cut that rest right back to being one-minute rests. And man, it is brutal. Um, so last week, I I remember getting into that one, and I wasn't at the track for this workout. I went down 
to the Esplanade, which is a local park here in Palmy, and essentially um, gave the one a go. So it was a 1200 meter at mile pace, plus 400, plus 400, and I just could not maintain the mile pace. And in all honesty, that that is one of those workouts that really, really got me. It was it, it almost made me give up. I think I finished that second 400 of the first set. And it was just like, I I didn't hit the time. I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. And in my head, I was just like, mate, there's no point. You're toast. Don't, don't bother. You know, call it there, run back to the car, have a jog back to the car and just call it for the day, mate, because you're not, you're not going to be hitting your, hitting your paces. And I could have done that. And I could have justified that in my head. And the only reason though, I would have been doing that was because I wasn't hitting my times. Um, and when you're training for adaptations, you don't, you know, you, it's not all about just hitting your times or hitting your weights. There's a wee bit more to training than just those aspects, right? Just because the the training plan says you have to hit X weight or X time for a specific interval, that doesn't mean you have to do that to be inducing the adaptations that you're after, right? Because when we're putting a stress on our body, whether that be a strength one or an aerobic one or whatever, um, we're trying to basically make our body respond to something, right? We're putting a specific type of stress on our body. In this instance, it's a, you know, sort of um, speed endurance or aerobic power type, aerobic power, not speed endurance, speed endurance would be a lot shorter. Um, You know, it's like an aerobic power type, VO2 max type effort. Um, that I'm trying to achieve there. I'm trying to work at a really high intensity and sustain that, or for me, a really high intensity and sustain that. The short rest means there's a little bit of recovery and then you have to go again, right, while you're still under fatigue. So I was still getting the stimulus of that session. I I had no reason to think that I was going to get hurt or injured. I didn't feel um, particularly bad going into that session. So it's not like I was feeling like I was overtrained or I was, you know, at risk of injury or anything like that. That would be a different scenario, right? This was literally my ego telling me, you're not hitting your times and that's fine. Sometimes you won't on bad days, right? But my ego is like, you're not hitting your times. There's no point doing the next block. And during, I think it was a 10 minute break, I think I had between that. Let me have a double check here. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a, a 10 minute break between that. So it was quite a big, long break. And during that, I nearly, nearly quit and just ran straight back to the car, but I thought to myself, just do the 1200, just come back, just do the 1200, you know, like get the first piece done. And to be honest, yes, I was still not hitting my mile time for that. I wasn't hitting where I needed to, um, but I was able to work hard and I got through the session and looking back, it's quite funny because you would think that that would make you feel less likely that you're going to achieve your goal after not hitting that session, um, how you had planned. But actually, I think to be honest, going, you know, sort of finding a little bit about yourself, you know, going to the dark place where you feel like you want to give up um, and be able to carry on. It's probably actually done a little bit of the opposite for me, right? Um, in terms of just being a bit more confident that I can hang on when things get tough um, in that mile. And they're going to, it's going to really, really hurt. I'm not <laughs> not really looking forward to testing it at all. Um, there's a piece of me that's like, oh, I hope the baby comes early so that I don't have to do my mile time trial, which I've got lined up for the ne- in the next couple of weeks. Um, but again, that's just because I'm a little bit fearful of missing the objective, right, and missing the goal. So, hey, we'll see what happens. Um, now, the second part, well, I guess the other thing just to touch on with that mile training was today, was a pretty good session. Um, it was eight 400s with only one minute rest in between. Um, I hit all of those at sort of 128 to 130, which um, is a, you know, a 90 second lap, um, which is roughly what I need to achieve the sub six minute mile. It'd be just under 90 second laps. So that was pretty good. Um, the last two definitely were pretty spicy and pretty tough. Um, I had to really hold on during those last sort of 100 to 200 meters of each of those, but we got through it. We got through it on the one minute rest. The lungs were burning. Um, 
and it was good it was good there was a bit of a headwind so there's sort of that other piece in my head that I'm like right I headwind down the final straight so I'm kind of like hey if we get a bit better weather on the mile day then it's all on so that's that's one thing that I'm sort of thinking yep it's it's possible right um so yeah that's the mile piece of that and then with the front squat I have kind of two objectives at the moment with that because um 161 kilos is going to be very very close and probably will be um, a double body weight front squat so I have put a carton of c4 which is just a pre-workout um <laughs> pre-workout sort of energy type drink um, I've put a carton of c4 on that with Jono who I tend to train with so um if I can hit at least the double body weight squat, hey, I still get something right. But the ideal will be to hit that 161 um, as well as that mile in that same 24 hour period. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, with that two times body weight one, I need to hit that by the 31st of October. So I've got roughly two weeks as we record this, or just under um, two weeks as we record this to get that. Um, and the front squat has been building quite nicely. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident that when I front squat without having done a hard run the day before, um, by hard run I mean my 10k type focus stuff, which is a, a tempo combination plus some um, pace intervals, specific for the 10k. Um, so one of my so basically yeah sorry I don't know if I've didn't don't think I clarified that basically I'm doing four runs a week um, an easy five or so k an easy ten k so both nice conversational pace um, and then a mile specific session which I've covered some of that as well as a ten um, k specific session which I'm kind of double stacking a tempo block of running at the start which is just a little bit slower than ten k pace and then following that with a short rest and then leading into a few um, one kilometer intervals so that has been um, that has been my running training um, the lifting is more focused on the front squat I've also added in some back squats again which has been really cool um, to be doing those just light um, or light for me um, and a few sets of three at a lower RPE to try and kind of get my body adjusted back into that so you know I'm front squatting and back squatting and doing leg press so it's the most I have done in terms of legs while running um, you know three different I guess variations or sessions um, focused on a squat movement per week which has been interesting it's been pretty good the legs haven't been too sore because I've been keeping that volume pretty low so yeah um, I'm thinking that I'm going to get close to that front squat and I should hopefully hit that and win that case of c4 off Jono in the next couple of weeks um, as well as tick off that mild time trial goal of the 161 and fingers crossed we can nudge under that six minutes and fingers crossed we can nudge um, at or over that 161 kg front squat because that will be nice to achieve that prior to baby number two um, which baby number two is due in roughly um, two weeks from today anyway enough yapping about my training I hope for some of you that was enjoyable um, if it wasn't you've probably already left so that is absolutely fine if you're still here um, let's talk about that second piece of the puzzle that I was going to talk about today which was the environment okay so I'm just going to bring up here you can't see it but I can um, on my Instagram I put up a picture the other day and I'll just um, I'll just read that out to you so give me one moment to bring that up um, so I put up a picture here of my son Harvey looking at the bookshelf in his room um, and what this says is your environment is important Harvey is surrounded by books he loves reading we read Harvey a book every night before bed usually we read to him many times a day Harvey loves books more often than not he'll ask us to read to him not the other way around 
Sure, my wife and I also enjoy reading, so there's likely a bit of genetics at play there, but I can't imagine that he'd spontaneously have found a book lying in the corner of the house and asked us to read it to him. I think the environment helped prompt his love of reading. How can you use this idea to help your health and fitness goals? Perhaps surround yourself with quality food. Maybe get some training gear for home. The options are endless, but the idea is to consider how you can create an environment that helps to foster the habits that you want to form. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit um, as the last thing that we talk about today, but basically just thinking about your environment, thinking about how you can kind of set yourself up um, for success in terms of training, in terms of training success, health success, fitness success, those types of things. And I sort of thought there's two aspects to the environment that I consider to be kind of key. And by environment, I just mean sort of everything that surrounds you, right? Like it can mean a whole bunch of things, but particularly things and people that surround you is what I'm talking about here, right? So your environment, what are the things and what are the people that surround you and how can you, I guess, add things or have relationships with people um, that help to enable you to succeed? So in relation to the things, um, there's sort of a few different parts that I put here. The first is um, gear, like training gear. So what I mean by that is, at home in my garage, I have some squat stands, a barbell and some weights, right? And um, a pull-up bar on the wall. And essentially that allows me to do most, you know, movements that I may want to do. Um, and yes, I have a have a gym membership where I can just shoot in like a 24 hour, uh, not 24 hour. I'm just a gym that is around the corner that has all the other stuff, you know, dumbbells, treadmills and other things I might need. But within my home, I have training gear. And so what this can do and what some of these other things as well might help do as well is that helps to remove a little bit of friction, right? Sometimes the things that stop you from doing something are sort of the smallest pieces of the puzzle. Uh, well, not the smallest pieces, but really minor things, right? Like for me, the gym is five minutes away. It's not far to go. But sometimes in my head, that's enough to just switch me off and make me think, eh, I won't bother today, right? And I won't go to the gym or I may not go to the gym. Like I might be less likely. So if I know that I can pretty much just chuck on some 20s onto that barbell that's sitting in the garage, um, and get into my session, hey, that's that's quite easy, right? That removes a layer of friction, even if it's only a small thing. Sometimes those small things are really, really key. So consider that, right? Is there a way that you could have some training gear at home? And it doesn't have to be what I've talked about there with having barbells, weight plates, whatever, right? You might enjoy some other type of exercise. You might enjoy yoga. So you might have a yoga mat sitting around somewhere that you notice, um, and it means that you're more like more likely to do it. You might have some, um, some dumbbells, or you might just simply have... Um, you know, like somewhere set up in your house, um, which you have designated as an exercise area, right? It's kind of like having an office space in your house. You're more likely to actually, you know, work effectively from home if you have the right environment. So same sort of thing, right? What sort of gear could you have handy that could make things easy for you? Is it some bands that you could do some, you know, some curls with while you're watching the TV? What is it that will enable you to kind of just have that, I guess, environmental cue, remove some friction for having to go and do something, right? It's kind of already there. So for me, it's having training gear in the garage. Um, it makes my life really easy in that regard. The second thing that I sort of thought about here that kind of can help be part of your environment to enable you to succeed is having like some specific clothes or something that are, are the things that you wear, right? So um, that might be specific set of shorts, t-shirt, whatever, but something that you identify with training, right? And then what you can do, and this is a, cute, a thing I think I've talked about here before and we've talked about morning training, but this applies for any time, right? If you have some specific gear that is your exercise gear, it's your exercise shorts, your exercise t-shirt, shoes, whatever, put those somewhere visible, right? So set them up, you know, if you're feeling motivated to do a workout tomorrow, 
chuck that gear somewhere where you're going to see it and you're going to have to walk past it on your way somewhere. So if that's in the hallway, because you're going to have to walk past that um, on your way out of your room in the morning, um, if that's in wherever you get ready, whatever it is, that it kind of cues to your mind, hey, um, you should do some exercise. And you can just make this visible, right? It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to be getting up early for a session. It could just be that if you see your exercise shoes in the morning, it means you're more likely to do exercise that day. Things like that. So um, having specific gear, um, sorry, having training gear at home. And then that second one there was having specific sort of exercise clothes and you put those somewhere that are um, visible and kind of, I guess, cue you or remind you um, to do <laughs> some exercise. Now the last one here is sort of a little bit of on a different tangent of things, but um, I said gear, clothes, and then food. So by food, um, what I'm meaning is sort of the food that you have in your home, right? Because this is going to help you with your fitness goals or your exercise goals is having you know good quality food available, and I guess less junk or less you know treat type food. So. Um, you know, that might be having a fruit bowl that sits on the bench is going to make you more likely to grab a piece of kiwi fruit when you see it or grab a banana when you see it, um, rather than going and looking in the cupboard and grabbing out that Cadbury chocolate that you've got sitting there, or Whitaker's probably if you're a kiwi. Um, so food, right? Like how can you ensure that the options that you have available in your house are the stuff that you should be having and not things that you should be trying to avoid? Like make it easy for yourself. If the chocolate's not there, you can't eat it, right? Bit rich coming from me, to be honest. <laughs> um, and then the la the second part of this, right? I said there was the things and then there's the people, right? And there's a few different parts to this. The first is your friends and family, right? What does your support system look like? So for me, I'm very, very lucky that my wife is supportive of um, my exercise or I, I think she is um, but we you know she'll help me to make time to exercise she'll be engaged in that process she'll look after Harvey for that time um, she'll you know wake up early if Harvey wakes up early whatever it is in order to allow me to have that exercise and having someone like that in your life who actually is supportive of your goals and help wants to help you achieve them um, that's that's exactly what you know you want and I remember when I spoke to um, Blair Van Stebrien a few episodes ago um, he mentioned about how it's the people around you that make the sacrifice for you to do the things that you want right and I think that's really really true so you know have that support system around you that enables you to do what you want that um, picks up the slack I guess when you're not there when you are out training or whatever it is that you're chasing as your goals there like that support system is really really key um having good communication with that support system is really really key so they know when you're going to be training they know when you're going to be um you know planning to do things when your long run day is whatever it is that they can kind of be aware and um supportive of that and how they act to you during that day and how they allow you to kind of um do that thing that you want and and make it possible for you to do that because as a dad you know there's responsibilities and those are shared responsibilities um if you're living with your partner and so that's something to think about right how can you know your partner or you know, whoever it is that lives with you and supports you, what is that support system like and how can you better, um, I guess, set that up for success? So that's the support system piece. Um, there's probably heaps more you could talk about with that, right? That comms piece, I think, is is key. And if you know me, you know that I, I, I think communication is one of the most important pieces of almost anything that you do in life, right? So having people that are they are supportive but having people you know and communicating well with them so that they can be supportive of your goals and enable you um, to kind of I guess have the best opportunity to succeed at your health and fitness goals um, but yeah also just having them on side right having them be supportive tell them about what you want to do um, if your friends aren't supportive of it or your family's not supportive of it you know work through that figure that out um, why is it that they're not and try and potentially you know build upon that 
Um, maybe there's things you can do for your partner or, um, or for your family or whoever it might be that can ensure that they're able to help you be successful, right? What are things you can do to support them so that then they're happy to support you as well? Another way to think about it. Um, and then the final piece of the puzzle that I think here when I'm talking about the people and the environment is who are the people that you're following? Um, that could be mentors, um, that could be sort of, I guess, social media influencers or whatever you want to call them, but people that you're following. Um, what is the influence like or the environment in, you know, on that screen like when you are you know, scrolling through Instagram? Is that stuff that's supportive of your goals? Is it things that is going to help you feel like you want to be motivated to exercise? Um, think about that as well, or to eat well, whatever it is. Are you following stuff that's feeding you, I guess, the right information and the right motivation? And if you're not, that's easy, right? You can unfollow people. <laughs> um, but if you, if you know, if there's certain accounts or something that might be particularly inspiring for you, people that have achieved what you want to achieve, and you can follow them. And I guess that environment, you know, rather than having to necessarily have those people as your direct friends, um, you're still able to see what they're doing, be motivated by that, and sort of see that things can be done and things can be achieved. And there is ways to do these things. So people, again, we could spend a heck of a lot of time on that, um, but I think that's enough for today, um, and I think that will be enough to kind of you know finish us off for today. Um, I have a couple of special guests lined up over the next two weeks who I'm really looking forward to talking to, um, and have a few more ideas up my sleeve of some more people I want to talk to, but I just wanted to take the episode today um, to give you a bit of an update around my training um, to celebrate the fact that the All Blacks won in the weekend and also that moment of Johnny Sexton um, and then just to give us a little bit of um, a little bit more I guess to follow on from that post that I wrote about the environment um, and how you can use your environment and those things around you um, to set you up for success with your health and fitness goals. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Stronger Dads Collective podcast. If you found anything within this episode valuable please be sure to share it with someone else who you think might benefit from its content. Don't forget to give the podcast a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to follow along with what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram at hjp underscore stronger dads. If you're interested in any of my coaching services or learning more about me, just head to hjpmethod.co.nz. That's hjpmethod.co.nz. Right, we'll see you on the next one.